Hello, and welcome to the Psychic Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Sanishin, and on this episode, I had a podcast with my good friend, Renee. Uh, Renee has been in a bunch of bands, mostly as the drummer, and more recently, he's been working on experimental beats. On this podcast, we talk about running away from older kids who are pressuring you into uh, smoking cigarettes, uh, sketchy drug-fueled festivals in the desert near the Mexico border, and Gigi Allen's penis. Don't worry, we talk about a lot more as well, and uh, I had a really great time talking to my friend Renee. I'd been wanting him to come on the podcast for a while now, and if you stick around towards the end, he does a live performance of his beats. So it's a really cool podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy it. so long all right so this is the 32nd episode of the psychic wave podcast and i'm finally with renee my buddy renee aka renegade aka babarina babarina yeah so i've been wanting you to come on the podcast for a while but we're uh in our 20s and our schedules are fucking whack work life work life and you're finally on yeah glad to be here yeah thanks for coming on super stoked um Pretty much ever since I started coming to the Continental, it's when I met all my music friends, my creative friends, pretty much. Ooh. And uh, you've been in a bunch of bands, and now you're uh, doing beats and solo projects that get more experimental, which I fucking love that stuff. That's like the stuff where, like, that's what got me into music, really, was just fucking around with experimental shit. Heck yeah. I love it. Yeah, but um, we'll get into that more later, but... For a little background, like, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley, uh, all over, all over the place. Um, went to a ton of different schools in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, Why'd you go to a bunch of different schools? Um, I don't know. My parent, they, my parents bought like a nice house in Dewardy, and then like I just remember buying another nice house in Dewardy. Uh huh. And then we like we settled there for a while, and then um, they separated, and then we moved to Covina. Oh, okay. And uh, which was awesome. It was great. And um, so yeah, just all around there. Um, went to um, a school in Almani for a little while, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just so yeah, just moved, moved around because of parent bullshit, which is usually why it happens with kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so yeah. But it was I. I definitely use it as an advantage because I I met tons of kids all over the area. So I was just commuting on like uh, public transportation. Was this like junior high or high school? Yeah, like a uh, middle school into junior high okay. kind of thing. Yeah. And like uh, it, you, I think they we moved to Covina like when I was like in like somewhere around like sixth or seventh grade, mm-hmm. and then um, that's like when they had separated. And then yeah, so I started meeting all these different people and start skateboarding more mm-hmm. and playing music and just uh i was homeschooled too oh, okay uh, from ninth grade to 11th grade so i had a lot of time to just do what i wanted to do so did you always have instruments around or how did you get into playing music um oh yeah yeah so i was probably around 12 years old and um my parents bought me a my parents bought me a drum set and it was 
I asked for it for Christmas and they, they told me no, like five times. So like, (laughs) no, like the neighbors and it's just, it's going to be loud. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, you know, like, um, instruments are a really good thing for kids. I mean, like it's a productive, like thing to do by yourself, like when you start out, but then when you get better, you can move and like get more friends and hang out with them and do that. I, I had the same sort of thing. I asked for, I remember an iPod for one Christmas, and I got a keyboard instead. And I was so pissed because I wanted that fucking iPod. But then I realized, like, a month later, I was playing piano every day. See? Yeah. And I got a drum set for Christmas a few years after that as well. But it's like, I don't know. That's one of the best things that you can get your kids is, like, instruments and shit. Dude, yeah. I I would, like, come home from school and stay in the garage and play my drum set for like three or four hours and it they would be coming home from work yeah it was it was awesome dude anything that's like loud for a kid to do is so awesome like i you know it's funny i was on um or who was i talking to i don't remember i think it was in a book or something but somebody said like one of the best things that you can get a 14 year old girl is an electric guitar and i was like (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) Like, like you're at that age where you just want to make some fucking noise. Oh yeah, so great. Yeah, I, I, when my brother, we both got instruments. Me and my brother, and uh, he got a guitar, and I got a drum set. And mm-hmm. I, I used to watch him like sit with the guitar on his lap and just like, just like strum it on his lap, like not yeah. even holding it right. Yeah. And, like he's sick, dude. He's like he's really good now. He he inspired me to be in bands because mm-hmm. he was he was always playing backyard shows, and I'd always be the his little brother like tagging along how much older is he uh four years oh, okay yeah my so. little brother's four years younger than me oh yeah so you're like kind of he didn't really follow in my footsteps too much although he did just ask me to dye his hair red so i did <laughs> um but yeah so he was playing shows and stuff by the time you got the drum set or yeah oh, but okay. we both we both got our instruments at the same time but he picked it up way faster and he like his friends were already like wanting to start bands they already had like this mindset of of uh of a group yeah so so he was starting high school then when he got um he was in high or yes probably starting high school yeah okay somewhere around then and um dude he ripped he practiced all the time and just like had books and just (laughs) ripped and he played in like three different bands and that's kind of nice too because you have like an older brother who can play the guitar so you can like drum with him and like figure out new beats and shit that no he no he didn't like to hang out with you really no he, we he was like always about his drummer oh he's like okay. oh do what my drummer could do or right. like you can't do with what what he could do oh so like <laughs> but he, that's he, it's still... not worth his time kind of thing oh got it yeah but, but that's still good motivation because then you're like no i can do what that fucking guy does exactly yeah. exactly you're telling me just the other day <clears throat> that you were hanging out with somebody and you were drinking a little bit, and you were like, I could play any drum beat. I yeah. could play any drum beat. Yeah, dude. He was like, can you play this? I think it was one of my bartenders, and I was uh, I was like, yeah, uh, I could play that. I was like, if you can give it to me, I could probably learn it in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I was like listening to some jazz beats later that night, yeah. and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I I can't do this. Dude, like, drum, <laughs> drumming blows my mind. There's, there's so much to it. And I didn't realize until I got a, a good drummer. Our drummer, he's he's been doing it for like twenty plus years, and oh, yeah. he'll I'll play like a stupid like little flimsy riff that just doesn't have any body or any like power to it, mm-hmm. and then he'll put the drums behind it, and all of a sudden my riff is like awesome, has life. Yeah, my riff comes to life based on how he drums. It's it's amazing. 
Yeah, that's that's one thing I like about the drums is like you can make it like these little subtle like uh, beats and work it in and bring it down and ah, oh, dude, it's, drums are one of the main components to dynamics of a song. Like, because as guitarists, especially beginning, we just fucking want to go and be loud, <laughs> but the drums can like really settle the song in and and make it so much cooler. Yeah, yeah. So I stuck with it for. A long time. I have this one funny story. Uh, I was like in eighth grade and uh, we had got out of school early and like these older kids, these older cats were, uh, they were smoking cigarettes mm -hmm. and they're like, hey Renee, you want a cigarette? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And they're like, well, why? You know, like yeah. just, just you have a cigarette with us. And like, we're down the street from my house and um, I, I remember like just staying quiet mm -hmm. and I just started running home. <laughs> I just ran home like, uh, and they were going to my house to hang out with me. Oh, okay. But I was like, yeah, I'll just leave the door open. And um, I, I went home and I was just playing drums. Oh yeah. You I, wanted them to like walk in on you playing. I just like, didn't know what else to do. I like, I didn't know how to handle the situation. Oh, okay, so I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to smoke a cigarette. Like, yeah. And I like, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. So I just like ran. And like the first thing that came to my head was like, play drums. Yeah. Give yourself something to do. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Kids need something to do. You know, like if they're, if they're just sitting around, like, waiting for shit to happen, they're going to get into trouble. But if you, like, give them an instrument... I remember, like, yeah, when I got my first guitar... Well, my second guitar. My first full-size guitar. Because I got a guitar when I was, like, six. Like, but for a six-year-old. And then when I got my first full-size gu guitar at, like, 12, I remember, like, every day coming home and just, like, being so bad at it, but loving the fact that I was being loud and I had something to do. Yeah. Because if I wasn't doing that, I was going out skateboarding and like, like fucking with people's like property and like, you know, <laughs> doing shit like that. Heck yeah. And I mean, not bad, but, you know, just being little assholes. Like if, if they had like a, a flamingo in the yard, we would just put it in the neighbor's <laughs> yard or something. Yeah. Like, just loitering. Yeah. Pretty much. Being children. So what was the, the first band that you got in? Um, I was in punk bands at first. I, I, I don't even want to name those, but I, I played with a these chicks back in the day and uh they were super cool I, they they played really crazy punk rock music and uh so i started playing in punk bands and we did, i guess we didn't really have names we just played backyard shows and we were just all close friends yeah and that's what kind of got me like into into like wanting to start my own project mm -hmm. and um so i i was con i moved out of uh out of that town and moved to covina and then um I met, started meeting musicians mm -hmm. and like kids that skateboarded and uh, kids that were into the culture. Covina's got a pretty good scene for music, right? I mean, I've only recently started going out there for for music stuff, but like you've got DBA. It's close to Pomona, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, That's Pomona. Yeah. But it's right there, pretty much. Pomona's great. It's it's like it seems like it doesn't change sometimes, but uh, I like it. it the music scene? No, just like. Um, th there's great music that comes in and out of there. I just, um, I, I'm so familiar with like the buildings and like the sh oh, yeah. everything and like the bars and stuff that I like, I just needed a break and it's, I haven't, I haven't actually been there for like almost three or four months, but. Pomona, you've just avoided it. I like, um. Oh, uh, the last time you were probably in Pomona was with Wax Children, huh? Yeah. 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 That's when I was drumming. That I was a good show though. You guys had, I know uh, you guys aren't playing together anymore, but that right. was um, a fun show 
You had yeah. one really, really good song. Shout out Wax Children. They're great guys. There's this like more mellow song that you guys had. It was almost like a love song sounding thing. But I remember the drums with it were just so perfect. And I remember Tiff telling me, she was like, this is my favorite Wax Children song. And when I was listening, I was like, fuck, like everything in this song sounds right. Like Dude. it wasn't overdone. It was, you know, when songs are kind of like, it's almost sparse, but it's yeah. perfect. I don't know. It was good. Yeah. They, the, they make great melodies. He's, um, shout out Victor. Uh, he, he's top notch with his melodies and his voice. Um, they're a great band. I loved drumming for them. Um, super fun shows. Uh, they invite their crowd invites like super artsy people. And yeah, it was pretty packed. I saw you guys. I saw you. I saw you with Iris as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was at the Continental. Iris. Oh wait, I and Bundy. And Bundy. That yeah. was a good show. Great that show. That was a really, really good show. That actually, was so fun. I actually asked Tiff if they, if she could set that up, line that up for us, and yeah. uh, I was super stoked that she said yeah. You know what's funny about that? Because I was talking to her around that same time about how much I liked Iris and Bundy, and then we talked, and then you were like, "Dude, I love Bundy." And I think you knew, yeah, you knew. Um, I knew Bundy because they played at my buddy uh, Gabe's birthday party, and he is—he's the drummer of the Ugly Kids. And uh, he had a birthday party. Um, I'm not—I think it was his thirtieth, his thirtieth birthday party. And uh, Bundy had played, and it was like I saw—I saw them before, and I was like walking by or leaving somewhere, and then I actually found out that they were playing. So I showed up really early, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I saw them play, and they were like. Dude, they're really great. Good. I was like, whoa, dude, this is cool. Yeah, they're fun people. Um, but yeah, we were talking about Iris and Bundy, and then I guess you slipped the word to Tiff, and like two weeks later, they're playing at the Continental, and I'm like, fuck yeah. That's like, that's how it should work, where it's like, I don't know, if there's good musicians, I don't think you have to like... Um, really beg people to like have them play you know and if they're cool people they have to be cool people too oh yeah for sure that's like the like one of the first things that's the make or break things i know there's been a few people at the continental recently that were total dicks oh yeah that's that's just the bar i'm not gonna name it but there was somebody where like one of the bands it's like a guy and a girl and the guy like threw like his water or his drink at the pa or something yeah it's pretty pretty weak Weird, dude. Pretty punk rock of them. No, that's... <laughs> no. Even the original punk rock was more about like community, but yeah. If you're gonna do shit like that, I feel like you got to tell them if you're gonna put on a show, if you're gonna put do some or or if you're gonna curate some kind of like violent show. You gotta either let the people know what's gonna go on and like. Well, original punk rock, they usually just hurt themselves. Exactly. They didn't like damage. Like, <laughs> I mean, some people took it really far, like the anarchy punk where they were like destroy everything but or Gigi allen shout Gigi out Gigi allen. allen dude i i know so many people that really think Gigi allen's so funny or cool i don't know what they think about him but i just don't care like yeah i've seen dudes like that before and they're not i mean to me personally i haven't looked into his music that much but just his his persona Dudes like that aren't rare. Yeah, like, no. The, everybody knows a guy like that. But they, he got marketed. He got shows. They, yeah. People, I don't know if they paid him. They, I yeah. don't know. Maybe it, he had to pay, pay to play the show. But he, he played these events. So, I mean, it was something that was getting promoted. And, you know, yeah. it was a thing. So I, I mean, I, it, I'm not, I've never listened to the music. Like, I've just never. But 
I've just watched videos of him. So I'm like, what the fuck is up with this guy? Totally. I mean, I know what's up, drugs, but <laughs> it's not like, I don't know, just not my thing. Like, Mm-mm. Yeah. no, yeah, he's, he has like, I, I, every picture I've seen of him, it's like, he's naked. I, I see his, yeah, his I know dick. more about his dick than I know about him. I know more about his dick than I know about my dick. <laughs> Like, I've seen that dick more times. He just never had clothes on. Yeah. And he, it's funny because he, like, got girls, too. Yeah. Which is, like, I guess it just happens when you're famous, but that dude is ugly as shit. Yeah, man. I, He's dead now, right? Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully that torment is over for him and for us. Yeah. Uh, his shows. I'm pretty sure that guy OD'd, right? He had to have. <laughs> I don't know. Let's... I'm going to look this up as we're talking. <laughs> but... Yeah, so you were playing in punk bands yeah, and then, in uh, Covina. Yeah, and then I met, uh, I hung out with these guys. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd travel, we'd like try to go to reggae festivals and like punk rock shows like super, super far. <laughs> and we'd do it. We'd go like to Joshua Tree and like we'd put all our money together for this like really expensive vegetarian food. And like we were trying to be healthy, like I don't know what we were trying to healthy do. Healthy punks, yeah. Yeah, and then no, we were trying I, to travel too at the same time, like right. And uh, it was great when you're young and have no money. Yeah, just and like now, <laughs> same as now, just have no friends. But uh, yeah, they uh, we we were hanging out so much, and then one of the dudes ended up. We didn't know that he just ripped at guitar, and uh, we ended up connecting. And uh, uh, yeah, we just we played, we jammed out on congos. And, like, we're out in the desert just chilling, partying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we, we ended up, like, living in the same town. <laughs> we ended up, uh, yeah, like, living down the street from each other. So we all just started this band, and uh, we called it uh, My Martian Collective. Right. Yeah. And it was probably, the to me, like, the coolest thing I've ever created with, um, with my buddy Rick. And, uh, and also Alex from Iris uh, joined the band later, later along the lines. And she, uh, she made a few songs with us that are some of the best recordings. And um, She's great on guitar, man. She, yeah. She really knows how to like place their stuff. Really quick. We'll get back into that. But Gigi Allen. So he totally did die. And it's totally an overdose. From AIDS? No. But this is what Wikipedia says. Gigi Allen's last show was on June 27th, 1993 at a small club called The Gas Station, a punk venue inside the former gas station at uh, some or 2nd Street in Manhattan. During the second song, the venue cut the power, after which he trashed the club, walked across the street naked, and continued on, now wearing shorts, but still covered in blood and feces, through the neighborhood, followed by a large group of fans. After walking the street for almost an hour, Allen eventually went to his friend Johnny Puke's apartment. There, he and others continued to party and use drugs. Sometime during the evening, Alan ingested large amounts of heroin, on which he accidentally overdosed and slipped into an unconscious state. Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Those in the apartment posed for photos with Alan around 2 a.m., not realizing the musician was already in the early stages of respiratory failure. Sometime in the early morning of June 28th, Alan died from the effects of his heroin overdose. The next morning, someone noticed Alan still lay motionless in the same place where they had left him and called for an ambulance. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like, that's why when, like, when my parents would be like, we're worried about your partying. It's like, dude, I've n that, I'm not partying. That is partying. I've yeah. never partied anywhere close to that hard. Yeah. No. Same. Okay. So, Mind Martian. 
So that's like your project that you're that you were most excited about. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was like I mean, I was the most eight, fun. It was eighteen. I was eighteen. Uh, we were like picking, playing almost like every show we could in LA and uh, hanging out with everybody. We had like uh, money from like college that we weren't going to like. We <laughs> you weren't going. Yeah, we had all this like we got money from college and then like, FASFA baby. Yeah, and then so we. Um, Spent all our money and then traveled and um, yeah started playing shows and uh, it was it was great we had a good time and um, how did you guys get hooked up with uh, Alex from Iris well she's in Iris now but um, we we started record we wanted to record and we needed another member mm. to record we wanted another member to to hang out with us and like who can fill our vibe and just put some extra input in because we just wanted this great recording who was the band at the time. Before um, Alex joined you guys, it was still Mind Martian. No, I know, but who? How many members? And in- just two. It oh. was. It was always a two piece. That's like what, what was our theme. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, shout out Douglas and the Furs. They were they were a two piece for a long time, and they're from Fullerton. Oh, and, nice. Um, they inspired us a lot. Um, great, great band. They're super heavy and like um, just like had all this sound, all these sounds, and it sounded like they had a bass going on. Mm-hmm. And so it was we, like an octave pedal, though, or something. It, yeah. it reverbs and oh, okay. like, um, I, I mean, I don't know too much about just guitar. being creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know too much about guitar, um, but um, they had tons of pedals, and uh, yeah, they were cool. They were one of the inspiring bands. But um, the guitarist Rick that I played with, he he always wanted to keep it a two piece from the beginning because he was he was just everywhere on the guitar. He would mm-hmm. he would play bass. He would go into these grooves and then like go into these crazy things and then he would loop some stuff sometimes oh, nice very simple them. like ambient loops yeah kind of thing to keep it keep it alive and um, have it be full yeah but um dude he was he's probably one of the best guitarists i know really and um creative wise just because he's so experimental yeah i love people like that he's yeah dude he um i've seen him pick up like the shittiest guitars and just play kill some it. crazy songs just kill it yeah yeah and um so yeah, shout out Rick and um he me and him started Mind Martian together and um we yeah, we played a ton of shows. We played a show in in um like near the border of Mexico. <laughs> and uh probably the craziest time of our life. We um What do you mean near the border? It was like near the border of Mexico. Like you could you could see the border of Mexico. It was called Telemagica. Or something. Was it a festival? Yeah, and oh, it, okay. it only it was super sketchy, like, <laughs> super sketchy. All of our oh, friends man. were there. All of our friends were there playing bands and stuff, and like um, any bands I would know. Um, we played with Elevator. Was there Mr. Elevator and the Brain Hotel? Was oh there. yeah, yeah, they're kind of cool. And uh, never got too into them, but they're fucking weird, dude. We which I like. They we we grew up with them. They're great people, and uh, we, we played tons of shows with them, and like uh, in LA and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, they helped us out um also uh it was um this band called buffalo electric that's a cool name super cool dudes um they're they're great people and they they helped us out a lot with shows and um we keep keep talking about the the festival while i grab us more beers okay because i can hear you so yeah we we went to this it was telemagica festival and it was like all these like bros and like hippie kids yeah like it was the the worst mixture it was it was like it was like someone tried to curate Coachella and didn't have enough security and like staff or something but uh 
yeah, that that happened, and uh, we ended up uh, having a wild time there, and um, that was like one of our last shows. But it was near the border. Yeah, it was it was crazy. We heard we just like all these stories when when like we got picked up by these tr- by these trucks, and they were like transporting us to like different stage areas. Uh, what? Like, I would not trust somebody picking me up in a truck. In a pickup truck too. Like there was all these trucks just driving by. And like it was just so this was totally an illegal show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was like people were falling out of the truck, like hitting bumps, and like who set this up? I don't know. So you guys I, are I fucked never, up, right? Everybody's, I never asked. everybody's drinking, doing. Drugs. We were yeah, t- yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of like mushrooms and whatever. Um, how big was the festival? Like how many people? I want to say it was like almost an acre big. Like mm. we were on like an acre of land, and like we walked. I just remember walking so much. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was fun. That was one of our last shows. And, uh, we, um, we played a few more shows in LA. But so you met, you met Alex because you wanted to record with somebody. You wanted another person in the band. Yeah. We, uh, we recorded, uh, actually Manny, uh, shout out Manny from Dog of Bloom. He, uh, he, he recorded us and, uh, Lucas, they recorded this like four or five song demo and we called, uh, we called, uh, Alex up. And that's when she kind of just joined the band. But how did you know Alex? From Iris. Um, we oh, were, really? Yeah, we were like mutual friends. And like we had like, um, I knew some of her friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew this dude that. Uh, just through playing in L.A.? That used to go see Iris a lot. Uh-huh. And um, they were like friends. And then um, we, he kind of connected us. He was like, oh, yeah, I know this guitarist. And uh, she's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we. We connected really well, and we I saw her at shows before. Um, I think, I want to say Iris was a different band name before. Yeah, there was something like, um, it was only Michelle and Alex before they got Michael and even a drummer, but they were like... No, Michael was always, I feel like Michael was in the band. Oh, then it was, they were something like the Smokestacks or the, there's something... No, but they not were, the smokestacks, but I want to say they were a different name. But they were a different name. I know that for sure because I've had them on and talked. They've talked about it. Mm-hmm. He, when Michael joined the band, Michael's their bassist. It was a different name. Oh, okay. And they, they, Michael was at how Michael met them is they played a show together in L.A. and uh, Michael was in another band and he like stole a bottle from the bar and then like ran out. But anyway, that's how they met. So yes, they were named something else for yeah. sure. So yeah, we kind of knew each other like. Um, like we were kind of like in similar we were just played musicians you know yeah. so we all we were always invited to these venues and we'd, we'd always cross paths and um, yeah so um, came across Alex and she liked our music she thought she could put some input in and um, we started practicing at her house it was cool she invited us over to uh, to practice at her house and um, she had like all these amps and we had like really crappy equipment at the time <laughs> and uh, she had like a PA system so we rolled up in like our car, like basically nothing and mm-hmm. like our instruments and uh, we practiced at her house. And then, uh, yeah, so we, we probably made like three songs, four songs with her. Mm-hmm. But she she was like the biggest input on those. And uh, it was awesome. she seems yeah. like Johnny Greenwood. She's yeah. like the Johnny Greenwood <laughs> Radiohead's guitarist of like a band. Like she would just move everything in such a crazy direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah, we have this song called uh, Double Negative Anti-Spiral. And uh, 
she just ripped it. I already feel like I'm on drugs just hearing the name. <laughs> we had a, I can't double even, negative anti spiral. Yeah, we had some funny names. Uh, That's a really good one. I um, I don't have the names of the song. I don't even have the the album on here. It's on like my my iPad. Dude, we gotta dig it up. But um, we gotta dig it up somehow. It's, it's it's great. There's like one song on YouTube, and it's a uh, it's called No Money, and I don't even know who recorded it, <laughs> but it's a very it's like our only song on YouTube. Dude, it's so funny. Like all all I remember the first time I heard of this sort of thing happening was I was watching or reading a Radiohead interview and they were talking about how they were driving and they were listening to the radio and everyone in the car had no idea they were listening to a song that they recorded. They oh, were listening shit. to Creep. That's fine. And they like forgot they had recorded that. They forgot it was them. They forgot they were listening to the worst song in history. Like, <laughs> I mean, popularity-wise, but like they they shut themselves off yeah. from that style. But I mean, I was asking my dad, and this was years and years ago, and he's been in a bunch of bands, my dad. And I remember being like, how does that ha- How do you forget that you wrote a certain song? And he was like, dude, you're you're playing in a band. You're playing shows every night. You're recording a bunch of music and you just you're not thinking about the past. Yeah. You're just done with it. And he was saying, like, I've I've forgotten tons of stuff that I did. Totally. And then he'll like find a little like cassette or like seven inch vinyl and he'll be like, What the fuck? Who is this? Yeah. Dude, that's that's one of the best feelings ever. I have I'm not there yet because I haven't recorded that much music and I haven't played mm-hmm. that many shows. Um, but I the only way that I can relate that is like I have forgotten about riffs and then like I'm just playing the guitar one day and I'm playing a riff that I played like two years ago. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to this? That's crazy. You know, you just like, I don't know. It's nuts. It's it's like a muscle memory. It's it's crazy, dude. So what happened after Mind Martian? Um, or what was what was the end of that? Because you, you obviously really liked it. What, what um, happened? We recorded that. Basically, we recorded and we played like two more shows, and then that was it. Um, we parted ways. Um, I started traveling. My buddy, he wanted to continue pursuing the band, and I was like, I was like in this like weird position of like, I had this job opportunity to go to um, up north, mm-hmm. like San Francisco area. So I was like, ah, I want to do this job. So I was doing it part time, and I was there for like a couple weeks, and then. I realized I loved the job. I wanted to be there full time. But then, because I didn't know if the band was going to make money. Can I, can I interject really quick? Yeah. What the fuck smells so good? Do you smell that? No. I smell like vanilla or honey. Oh, never mind, dude. It's the, these uh, trash liners that I just put in right now before the podcast. Sorry. It's vanilla. Okay. I'm Sorry. Like, I, I was like tripping out for a second. Like, did you put on lip gloss I while I was gone or like lotion? <laughs> I know. I'm ready. Okay. So you're in this position where you have a job <clears throat> opportunity. Um, Mind Martian is kind of like you recorded. You kind of feel like you got everything out of it that you could. And then he wants to keep it going. This is Rick. Rick wants yeah, to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. But then he also has like, um, he's also like traveling and like kind of being doing his, he, he wants to pursue. Are you guys like things. the same age? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think maybe like he's like a year or two older than me. Okay. But uh, yeah, very similar in like, yeah, we, yeah. So how'd you get this job opportunity and what was it? Um, I was, uh, I was going to go up north to bartend. Oh, okay. 
And then I did that and I was doing it just and then I was just chilling up there. But it was too. like a it must have been a great job because Yeah. You you I had free living too. So I didn't have to pay for I didn't have to pay for rent. They wanted me to just work there and I had this like this up 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 little like a uh, loft area to live. So it was like a townhouse. Yeah. So a shop at the bottom and then your living quarters. There, there was a ton of shops. Oh, and okay. then I got to live. Um, the bar was like down. I was I lived on the same place as the bar. Nice. So like I was able to just like have have my, my music stuff up there and then just like walk down to work. Wow. So this is through like a friend they hook you up? Yeah. A good buddy of mine. I was um, so kind of out of high school. Um, this is like probably a couple months out of high school. And I was just texting everybody like, hey, I want I want a, I want a job. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something full time. I'm willing to travel. I, mm-hmm. I have no nothing to do. Right. So um, you're a free man. Yeah. So I wanted to get out. And um, what's that Leonard Skinner song? No, no, that, that's where, not him. Where he's is, like, that, is that Tom Petty song? Oh, yeah. Free Fallen. The Leonard Skinner one where he's like, oh, Simple Man. Simple man. I don't know too many Leonard Skinner songs. That's just one of the big ones, but it's like, Mama told me. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Once you hear a Leonard yeah, Skinner yeah. song, you know it. It's yeah. like, you don't know the names of But that's Skinner what it reminds me of what you're doing. You're a simple man. You're like, I ain't got no wife. I ain't got no kids. I, I'm looking for a job. I'll travel. As Shoot. long as they pay me, fuck it. I'm there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I was. Like, I... Yeah. Give me work and pay me, yeah. and let's have a good time. We'll work for money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, my buddy called me up, and he's like, yeah, dude, get your ass up here. Like, can you come tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I thought you, were, I thought we was going to do this in, like, in a month or a week. <laughs> like, I thought – so I was like, fuck it. I'll, yeah. come, I'll be there tomorrow morning. I bought, a ticket, I bought a ticket, a plane ticket to San Francisco. I got to San Francisco in, like, 20 minutes, it seemed like. Dude, it, how excited were you? I feel like this is an exciting thing to do, like right out of high school, it was, right? Yeah, it was the best thing ever. Like I, I was cap- like I was able to tell people I'm like leaving home, traveling. I got a job. It's I'm literally in the same city I was born, like <laughs> like right now. Still, I moved one. No, yeah, I moved one city over for a little bit. I mean, I'm still in California. I feel like no, I, know. I mean, I'm still home. But San Francisco <clears throat> is so much different yeah. than. Yeah. SoCal. Yeah, definitely it, more it expensive. It is, but and yeah, people are just different. Totally, totally. And it was, it was a totally like different scene for me. So living, growing up in LA and San Gabriel Valley, like mm-hmm. I, uh, I was just like, whoa, this is cool. I, I need to, I want to learn. I was just like taking it all in and uh, yeah, man, it was cool. I was uh, smoking a lot of weed out there. As and, everybody uh, who gets out of high school is. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just hanging out with people and just kind of shooting the shit, just like let, but, telling my philosophy, listening to other people's philosophy. So we're friends, so I know a little bit about the story, but I definitely haven't gone into the details like we're doing now. But I know at this time you had a lot of money. And is that because you weren't paying rent? Yeah, probably. Probably just saving money and... Yeah. Damn. Saving money and then like... Uh, That's like... Just like side hustles, like... Whatever, you know, little little side hustle. I was always hustling, dude. Like trying yeah. to trying to sell something for more, buying something yeah. that was like, um, buying something and then trying to sell it for more. You know, trying to uh, just like work it. You know? I don't know anything other than drugs that relate <laughs> to that, but okay. <laughs> like, dude, the uh, funny I'd thing- sell drum sets. I'd I'd like sell my oh, old nice. drum sets. I'd uh I'd buy like computers and like mm-hmm. sell them and um. 
yeah like little things it was like a craigslist like my own personal craigslist and stuff yeah as long as you and can make some dough on it yeah like, right. yeah so um yeah i did did a lot of that and then um yeah, I had money for sure to travel. Um, I, I saved my money, so I didn't spend my money a lot. Like, I just focused on, like, playing music, you know? You don't really need to spend money when they're, like, like just inviting you so to So were you places. in a band up there? Were you playing music? Um, no, but I knew wait, a lot wait, of wait. musicians. So you, you said you bought a ticket. You had to be there the next day. So you didn't bring anything with you. Did you bring I brought drums? all my stuff. You, I brought my drums. I had a truck, so I brought my drums. I brought a bed. And you just put it. You paid for that all to be in the plane. Um. Oh, actually, no. I flew up there with nothing, with okay. a backpack and like a like luggage, and then eventually I got my truck up there. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, are you in a band when you're up there? No, but I knew a lot of musicians that played in L.A. Okay. So I was going to this sh- to tons of shows out there and um, in L.A. or in San Francisco. In, okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. So I I was capable of still. Um, getting cheap beers, free yeah. free beers, or um, you know, getting into the free shows. Yeah, because you're still under 21 at this point. Yeah, wow. like 19, 19 or something. Living the dream, you little bitch. Great, it was Living great. The, I'm I'm very <laughs> jealous. I'm not even kidding. It was it was fun. It was it, I had definitely I um uh, am grateful for that advantage for sure. So definitely. so how many years did you spend up there? Because um, obviously you're back here in and in out. SoCal. I did a lot of odd jobs too mm-hmm. up there, from construction to uh, you know helping people out with their gardens and stuff like that, mm-hmm. their weed gardens. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I mean, I I did a I did a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I saved my money, dude. Like you were just hustling. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. Working all the time. Yeah, and um, I mean, I didn't have a girlfriend, and I didn't. I I'd call my mom like once every two weeks and she'd be like frantic like when i first moved out it was the same with me where were you yeah like how was your day how was your what have you been doing like like what is your life up to now it's like yeah yeah i haven't changed (laughs) like i'm just basically in this routine all right mom so today i smoked copious amounts of marijuana (laughs) other than that not much yeah (laughs) no i'm just kidding exactly and and working though too yeah yeah. but um yeah so um you spent a few years up there. Spent a few years up there, and then um, I I got homesick. I got really SoCal homesick. sick, or like family sick. Family sick. Um, I missed I missed home. Yeah, I missed just being. It was crazy. One of the things I missed was skateboarding in my hometown. So, like Dude. just anywhere, and just like going fast on my skateboard. I, yeah. Dude, I grew up skating around Fullerton, and like. So emotional. It, it really is, dude. We, you like, you, it's hard to do it now, though. Yeah. You know what I noticed? I got on a skateboard not too long. I mean, I, I bought another deck maybe about a year ago, like a full deck. And I was like, yeah, I have my own deck again. And I was skateboarding around, and I was so uncomfortable because I forgot how loud skateboarding is. Everywhere you go, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. And, like, everybody's looking. I felt like everyone was looking at me and, like, judging me because I'm older and I'm, like, more insecure now that I'm older. Yeah. And I was like, sorry, sorry, I'm being so loud. I, like, didn't want to, like, pop ollies because I was, like, <laughs> I felt like I was being too loud. Dude, I got That's kicked funny. out of, like, a place that I used to skate all the time. <laughs> I got kicked out of there and it was this janitor lady. And she was like, no skateboarding, no skateboarding. And I was like... I was like, come on, it's like the weekend. Like, 
I mean, just come, come on. on, let me skate. No, I was just trying to be nice. I was like, I'm not ruining anything. I'm not waxing anything. I'm just Watch like, this kickflip. Yeah, I'm just cruising. And she was like, not skateboarding. I could lose my job. And I, dude, I'm not even being like racist. I know you think I am, but that is literally <laughs> so her voice. If I was to do a documentary and I could go back in the past, that's how she sounded. I believe I'm you. not. Okay. But, but I just, dude, the, the feeling riding my skateboard home was so shitty. I just felt so bad. It like literally felt like my childhood was over. Because as a kid, I would have been like, fuck you, bitch, and like skated away, you know? And you're just on to the next. Yeah. But in that moment, being older, I just wanted to just skate in my spot that I used to like. And I got kicked out. It's and it, hard. I literally got kicked out of my childhood like playground. Crushed. Crushed. Dreams crushed. So you come back to SoCal. Yeah, and then I'm like... You start doing gay porn. Started, hopped into gay porn industry. Slinging dick. Instantly. Instantly hopped into gay porn. I hopped out of gay porn and then just started selling <laughs> my ass, like, wherever, wherever I can. No, but so you came down here, um, and, and then you, came, you came down here and started... Continental wasn't your first job down here, was it? No, I started working at uh, Ikea. Oh really? I worked at yeah. That sounds so boring. It was. It was. It was really. I, Free breakfast though. Shout out IKEA. They have some of the best breakfast. It's like three bucks. Sometimes it's cheaper. I don't know. If but, you go to the class, classy white areas, it's free. Yeah, <laughs> they have eat for freeze. Those those are like the worst days to work. Oh, because you just get randoms coming in. It's just like you eat for free. I think if you like buy a certain amount and then you, and then you can just. Whoever is with you, they eat for free. And it's oh, like... okay. So... That makes sense. I was a dishwasher, and um, I'd, I'd wash tons of dishes. And the dish room was not fun. They, like, took away our music at one point. And, what? Uh, no more Frank Zappa. No more Zappa. Mm -hmm. No more Future and Migos. But, yeah, it, it was fun. Um, my buddy... Actually, um, Lewis from Wax Children, shout out Lewis from Wax Children. He got me the job from I to IKEA mm -hmm. because I had moved down, and um, I don't know how we, I don't know how we met, but we started talking, and uh, I think it was like, I don't know. I always had a crush on Lewis. Maybe like it was like one of those things. Bro crush. Yeah, like I was seeing him around or something. I was just like, yo, but we never just it's, like. It's one of those why aren't we friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one really wants to like. No one has a time or like wants to like be like because we're always busy. We're always doing something. So it's just like if you're talking in a conversation, it's just like I'm not gonna go up to you and be like, hey, I've never seen you before. Right. So like it was like it's like something like that. I and then, do that though, especially <laughs> at the at. No, I do that a lot because I'll be like, dude, I know I've seen you around and I know you've seen me around. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's different though when they're in like an intense conversation and like, oh, yeah, yeah. like they're like face to face. No, so yeah, yeah. It's, you, it's, you have to find an opening. Exactly. Sure. So it was, it was like one of those kind of things. Like I would have stopped him. Like He got you the Ikea job? Yeah. He, he, uh. Bro, let me hook you up with this fat <laughs> Ikea job. You're going to fucking love me, bro. No, it was cool. He, I think he actually got like an extra money. Like he got like $300 or something. Oh, for, refer like, a friend. Bullshit. Yeah, to refer me. And nice. so like he was just like, yeah, dude, just apply. Like it's easy. He's like, they just like mouth swab you there. Like they don't drug test. Like you could smoke weed like the day before. And uh, I was like. As long as you're, you don't good. have cocaine in the rim of your mouth. Right. You'll get the job. Right. 
I just washed that off. Yeah. But um, I, uh, yeah, so I was like, I smoked weed the day before. We, we were smoking weed when we were talking about this. <laughs> so he's like, uh, yeah, dude, just go in there. I could get you a job. I think he helped me uh, mm. type it all up too, like nice. with my resume and all that. And uh, yeah, we got it all in there. And actually, uh, Tiff helped me out. Um, shout out to my girlfriend Tiff. She <laughs> helps me out with everything. Shout out to my girlfriend Tiff. I like how like like sincere and like humbled that was. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, she. Uh, oh yeah, she used to work there as well. She, that's that was weird. I didn't know that. And then she told she started having like all this information like about like, IKEA. I was like, how the fuck do you know so much about IKEA? Yeah, so she filled me in. You got a weird fetish, or you just? <laughs> I was just like, hmm, I'm really into guys that work you, at IKEA. How do you know this? Like, how do you know so much about me already? Yeah, but um, no, uh, she she filled me in with like a whole bunch of like, um, how like the work the workplace uh yeah. works and stuff like that. So that's the job you had when you came back. Um, yeah, Pretty I had much. I had that job, and then I started working at this place in uh the Mount Baldy Lodge. Which I started bar backing. That was my first bar backing job. And I would... Uh, I've been there multiple times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That place... Oh my... That, That's a ruckus. That place is condemned. That place needs to be remodeled and just... It needs to burn down. Dude, Mount, like, Mount Baldy in general is just kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Mount Baldy weirds me out. They got a local vibe. The locals are cool. All right. Um, Snowboarding culture is weird though. Yeah. Snowboarding culture. I mean, every culture is weird, but snowboarding culture just always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like this guy in like snow pants that are like just patterns of like $100 bills. And then he's got these gold like goggles and he's wearing like a tank top and it's snowing outside. And he's like shredding, but I just, I'm like, what the fuck? It's a, it's yeah. a douche. I, it's something I don't, I don't understand too much. But, uh, how to get that bird out? <laughs> I know. So, just to to speed things through because I think we're <laughs> we're talking about like a lot of no 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 I'm not talking about time wise uh, I think we're just talking about jobs that we've done in the past <laughs> but um how did you get back into playing music down here when you came back um I came back down here and um so shout out to, to shout out to all the musicians that I lived with up, up in San Francisco because they were all like trying to do start their old like start basically trying to curate their old bands that they broke up with mm-hmm. and then moved out of town and like got d- good jobs kind of thing so like they were they were really cool people and they supported me and like we we played we all played like ridiculously like different genres so we never really like got if it sounded like Zappa basically like, yeah it was just like horns and like mm-hmm. crazy like like melodic stuff like but in weird tunings because we all just like wanted to play something different yeah so like um i came home and then i started uh realizing i wanted to pursue like the beat the beats more and then the drumming like i wanted to get more in tune with the drums your roots yeah exactly yeah and so i i started playing drums more and then um i uh i bought an mpc Mm. and started recording through that and um that quickly got me up to like a few songs in a couple days with like i didn't even know what i was capable of so i I started playing i started like learning keys and like learning bass and then uh learning these different sequences and uh building sequences and stuff and uh so um i need to use restroom real quick yeah no worries let's take a break yeah let's do that wow
And we're back. Yeah. Welcome to the Psychic Wave Podcast. This is NPR. No. <laughs> do you know Amy Goodman? I don't. Who's that? From, from uh, what does she do? She's not, uh, she does, uh, she has a podcast. Hmm. And it's, uh, I can't think of it, but Amy Goodman is a great woman. She, she travels and talks politics. Oh. All the time. Oh, is she She's the, on like, NPR. Is she the one that's done a bunch of psychedelics and stuff? Never mind. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm not sure, but uh, she she does like I don't want to say TED Talk. She's been on TED Talk, mm-hmm. but um, she has like she does her own little like radio, and it comes on like a certain point of the day. Mm-hmm. Amazing person. Dude. She's she's been all over. Crazy, a traveler. Yeah. So to hop back into it. <clears throat> You're back in SoCal. You're um, uh, hooking up with bands that are trying to revive some old bands. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then you, okay, we talked about that. And then you were trying to get more to your roots, beats. Yeah. So I bought, yeah, I bought a, uh, an MPC and a, a Mac, a Macintosh. and uh, <laughs> A Mac, also known as Macintosh. Bought one of those things and didn't know what I was doing. It took me like four months to actually figure out all the functions and everything mm-hmm. i was like pissed off i, I probably threw my computer mm-hmm. like really softly at my bed yeah and uh so yeah it, it was frustrating and um i did it and then finally started sampling um like a lot of my friends guitars that i used to jam with and then started building up all this material and um just started eventually being bored and being home and started working on it mm-hmm. and um within this time i uh I met Lewis, and he. Um, I was working at the the lodge at the time, and then he got me the IKEA job. So I was working both jobs, mm-hmm. um, back and forth, and uh, it was awesome. It was great. And then he decided, he. I think they had a drummer. They were working with a few drummers. We always talked about music, and we jammed a few times, like at his house, <clears throat> and. Uh, and then there was other musicians in IKEA too that were phenomenal that we that I met. Um, that we'd always hang out. So yeah, he eventually called me up one day and was like, Hey, uh, do you want to try out for this band? And then, um, I came in and then, um, happened to be wax children. Mm-hmm. So I helped them out for a little and then played shows with them. And, um, of course I got busy and started working weekends. Um, I got to start working part-time at the continental room. So I, um, I couldn't work, I couldn't play shows on weekends anymore. So right. um, that kind of took, took me out of the band and, uh, so yeah, I just focused more on uh, the beats, and uh, now I have like a few musicians come over to my house, or I'll show up to their house. I've still wanted to do that with you. I want you to sample some of my stuff. Definitely, and we could do it here. Definitely, I want to do wow. it. I want to do it with you. Ooh, I want to do it with you, baby. Um, so you're into more beats right now, and um, to be honest, I I have some people that I look up to for what I call beats. Like the beats that I like is stuff like No Saj Thing. Ooh, yeah. Stuff like that where it's definitely trippier, yeah. which is why I like a lot of the stuff that you've been showing me, your stuff. Yeah. But who are the people that like you are inspired by beats-wise? Because I know really very little about that world. Uh, first of all, shout out No Saj Thing. I saw him at FYF. And me too. Was Wait, which year? Like 2012 was, or something? It was like on the lawn area. Mm. He, I saw him in a tent. He he played on this lawn area and uh Dude, so sick. It was, the train was going by. Uh, 
in, uh, in think, LA. It's probably that. Yeah. Did he have all the like uh, disco balls? And I stuff? think so. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was there. I was there with Tess. I was standing next to uh, the the fence all the way in the back, like smoking weed, trying to get some space. Probably, dude. I was there <laughs> not for no such thing, but I was not at. I mean, it was the same FYF, but I was there rolling up a joint, and I was sitting somewhere like near a tent, and this like older dude. I could see him like looking at me and walking up to me and I'm finishing the joint. So I'm like, do you want some? Like, I felt like he like wanted some, you know, I'm like, would you, would you like some? And then he pulls out a badge and he's like, stomp that out right now. Stomp it out in the sawdust. And I'm like, oh fuck. So I stomp it out and I have another eighth in my back pocket and I'm stomping it out. I'm like, this is not cool. I'm with my girlfriend, some other like dude that a, a friend of ours and he, I stomp it out. I stomp the joint out, and I'm doing it like not. I'm doing it lightly so that maybe I could like get the get the joint later. Revive it. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. And he's like, do you guys have any more weed on you? And I was like, no, that's it. We literally just had this. And then they walked away. It was really cool, but I was like, and then right after that, I did a bunch of ecstasy, and then I saw no Ooh. such thing. Heck. <laughs> and it was great. Yes. It was so good. Yes. But so people that inspire you, beats wise. Um, first of all, Jay Dilla, you know, um, he's the king of the NPC. And, uh, so is that why people like him a lot? Because he's the originator of like great beats with the NPC? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let, me, let me tell you a little bit of what I know about Jay Dilla. People were using quantization to where like the, the notes and the beats will line up perfectly. They were using that a lot with NPCs. Uh-huh. What I know about Jay Dilla is that he turned quantization off. Mm-hmm. So he was just doing all hands, yeah, doing all the pads. And so his music, as far as I know, has more natural like tempo yeah. of like what you would do things with. It's not computerized. Right. It's like all his beats sampled like hand done. Yeah. So I know that's why people like him a lot. Exactly. But why do you like him? He he's cu- curated sounds that are phenomenal. You know, like off the bat, like is he, this from sampling or how does he do? Yeah. How, how does he curate his? He, for mostly sampling. There's he uses internal sounds too, but um, he for the most part he's he's sampled so much and has made it phenomenal. He's he's made rock. He's sampled rock, jazz, all these different genres to make right. to make a song, and it it makes super sense. So what he would do is he would go to record stores and like crate dig, and then he would sample from an actual record. Yeah. Needle to record to MPC. He would sample little like snippets, right? Yeah. yeah. So he'd be like taking stuff from classical music, rock, jazz, yeah. and turning it into like what we would call. 90s hip-hop beats right yeah that was like the original he he influenced the a lot boom of... bap the like the boom bap style yeah what is that boom bap like the the boom, 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 boom. right like the, okay the old yeah. school old school hip-hop that that's like very simple like yeah you know like most of it's like uh most of it's acapella like it's the beat and then like them rapping yeah and um but uh yeah he i mean he made it sound great he put all these different sounds and like he yeah he made a masterpiece you know so jay dilla is um is he the guy behind the beats for mf doom no no uh madlib madlib yeah but mf doom madlib and jay dilla 
to me are the same genre. Yeah, I mean they Is they're very you... strong. They're very strong in that culture. So they've they've that's like they wake up and breathe mm. the the hip hop. It's not like they wake up every day and they're like, "Oh, hey, what kind of beer?" or like or it's like they wake up and breathe the MPC and the beat, you mm-hmm. know, the rhythm and like that's that's what I feel those that's why they're known for that, you know, like uh we're all known for something that we do a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's what they're that was their passion mpc sampling and creating beats that were more raw yeah those guys over over just like over overboard and then just like something you can feel like something that has soul and like what mf doom is did is is incredible because he he, his rhymes always they just rhyme after rhyme after rhyme and then that's what i love about that period in hip-hop or or what I would call underground hip hop, especially with MF Doom and Beastie Boys early stuff, oh, yeah. is that it was very much, um, how do I put this? It was it was quick rhymes, quick rhymes, rhymes that you could really attach to hooks, mm-hmm. but then these beats that were just like simple, but at the same time, nobody was doing them. Yeah. Dude. Intergalactic by Beastie Boys. Intergalactic. Oh my gosh. They say so much stuff within <laughs> yeah. that like voice. Like, yeah. Um, I, I forget they what, what they say. Uh, they, there's this like robot voice in it, and there's like it's playing under it. Yeah. It's intergalactic cr- planetary. Intergalactic. It's planetary. it's insane. But what I love about that genre of music is the rapping is a little silly, mm-hmm. and even MF Doom as like hard as he goes is kind of silly in the way that everything rhymes yeah everything rhymes it's more like fun you know and hip-hop now is more about like being a showboat and like i got money i got bitches i got power i got you know but really it was like beastie boys is like and it was silly to the point where it was fun but they it was nice because they were creating their own thing it was real too. yeah it was real it was in the like the 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 guidelines of the hip-hop i the only reason why i'm not shouting out mf doom as much is because i don't know his music but i know that um the beastie boys would work with uh npcs Dude, they they got away with. Uh, they are one of the groups that got away with sampling almost over two minutes of the song, and they were got it for pretty much free, I believe, at this point. Which song? Most of their songs. Oh, are, oh, all, really? all, like all their all their songs are, are are sampled. You know what's funny? The beginning of their stuff when they weren't using NPCs as much. They were playing instruments. I know there's this little gnat that's been flying around. I left a banana in the trash, which is why I threw the trash like right before we started doing the podcast. But Beastie Boys, when they first started out, it was more punk. Yeah. Surprisingly. They played instruments. And then when they found about NPCs, they were like, what? That's crazy. Let's do this. Yeah, they, they have a, they have this album called, like I think, The Mix-Up. Mm. And it came out like in 2011 or something. It's super jazzy and like. I fucking love it. Really? Dude. I don't know if I've heard that one. It's like a five song album or something. What's the one with the like can of sardines? I don't know. And they're all laying in it? Yeah. I, I can't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but the mix up's really good. It's jazzy. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those albums I like saw on iTunes getting promoted. And I was like, oh, fuck. The Beastie Boys. Like, I, I remember them back in the day. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I did it like this. I did it like that. I did it with a wiffle ball bat. So <laughs> I don't know, dude. I love them, dude. And uh, it's silly. It's silly. Yeah. I miss rap. That's silly. Like, and not silly to where it can't be taken as actual works of art. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. Like, I pictured them and MF Doom and Jay Dilla being people that are like, yo, dude, come over. We're going to do some shit. Then people come over yeah. and they're fucking around and they're, they're fucking around for a little bit. And then something magical happens yeah. and they're recording it. Yeah. And then they okay. put that on the album. I miss stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely. Which is why I really like what you're doing, because you're sampling homies of yours. Mm -hmm. Which, dude, if you keep doing that, sampling homies that are in the scene, even people that aren't in the hip-hop scene, if you sample your friends and add it to what you're doing, it can be this whole, like, there's an opening right now for what MF Doom, J Dilla, Beastie Boys were doing then. There's an opening for that now. Yeah. Who, who's doing that now? Yeah. Who's doing it? Tons. <laughs> I mean, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just not. I mean, like in my in my like uh, social media, like I, there's tons of people that use the same machines. You know that that are right. Same the, machines, but who's pushing the bounds of like experimenting with multiple genres? I'm. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of them. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like a lot of the LA and. Uh, beat scene they they do like uh they're very ex- experimental with their uh with their vinyl selection and their their samples i feel like. right well i think it's it's so much more easily accessed now because of the internet too exactly we can like pick stuff you don't have to go to a record store anymore you could just hear like a commercial and be like i'm gonna sample that commercial yeah and you could do it in a minute yeah totally and that's what the thing is is who's pushing it a thousand percent you know like who's who's like out every day you know like because i mean we have jobs we have jobs and like there's some people who can get up and just go to clubs or go to the downtown areas and just like you know talk about what they're doing and it's it's not necessarily like i can't do that all the time yeah and i can't really promote myself and and be this be this character that that's so lively all the time so it's it's um for me it's like whenever i have time i'll give it a hundred percent right and and like it also it's like it's an energy thing too it takes me time to tune in it like it's one of those i can't just be like oh i'm off of work time to make art now like let's make art because it's i probably have to have a few beers smoke a few Mm -hmm. joints get in the mood you know like do some hunter s thompson shit yeah you know like i i just like there's a vibe for for all of it and like I love working and I love making music, but they're two strong different like things. And yeah. like, I feel as if, uh, um, I definitely have to get into a vibe to make music. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what do you, what do you want out of, out of this? Are you doing it for just, it's fun for you right now? Or would you, where do you want to push it? Um, it's fun. That's, it's this fun. is the first, um, actual, I played, I played one show with my beat set um over some friends but um it's the first genre of music that i'm i feel more capable Mm -hmm. and i'm able to just expand if i if i recorded like some guitar licks and stuff that i had and i sent it to like your email or something could you sample it from that yeah 
dude, I'm going to do that for you. Yeah. I'm not even going to wait for, I'm not even going to show you the riffs and the stuff that I'll play with guitar. Yeah. I'm just going to send you some stuff and just fuck with it however you want. Send it to me. That would be so exciting. In a wave file. I can, I can reverse it. I can slow it down. I can, you know, whatever. Literally creative freedom. Yeah. Just, I want to send you some stuff so that I can see what you do with it. But, um, we're going to wrap this up. Cool. And, uh, are you willing to do a beat or two for us? Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to see you in action. I've heard some of your stuff before we went on this, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. And uh, let's hang and see what you got. Let's do this. Dude, Sounds I've good. been wanting to have somebody over here to do something different than like the rock stuff. And I'm glad it's you for the okay. first one that's coming over. I'm super stoked. So thanks for... Barbarina. Barbarina. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And I'm sure you'll be on many more times because okay. you're a homie. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Without further ado, Baba Rinna. Friends of God, to give you the dog himself. Conversation, Richard. Or what do you go by? Not talk, go by. 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 Information. Stick your background on your fucking hand. 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 How'd you like it if I look up your fucking brains? I wouldn't like it at all. 
for yourself.